0: what's good everyone good morning it's been a minute but i'm back in it (laughs) so this morning uh I'm i'm gonna talk at you and then i'm gonna teach you is that cool cool it was in my notes so i was gonna do it anyway but um you know as i as I kind of pondered, you know, this series, right? So it's, it's catechism, it's the question and it's the answer. The, the weight of the question that I'm answering today is not lost on me. And so I, I don't know that I could do this in 30 minutes. Uh, 30 weeks would be more accurate for me, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. We're going to give it our best shot, you know what I'm saying so um, as i as I thought about this and prayed about it, there was a word that kept kind of popping up to me uh, i When my wife and I were over young adults here, uh, I got connected onto college campuses, so you know, I would do Wayne State, Michigan State, uh, Oakland. Grand Valley State, so i'd probably do seven to ten colleges in a school year, and i'd go and i would I would speak at these on campus ministries to their like large groups and always afterwards, I would have these people come up and talk to me afterwards you know about the message about one thing that was said about whatever. But many of those conversations kind of stayed on this subject that we 're going to talk about today, and at the end of the day what I realized is that this one word was a linchpin for these people. This one word is a linchpin for you and for I, whether we know it or not. And that word is trust. See, trust is really interesting because trust will fill the gaps of what you do not know. They'll fill them with more trust, with security, or they'll fill them with suspicion. So you have a friend that you let borrow a book. That friend doesn't give it back in a timely manner. (laughs) So two years later, (laughs) you're wondering, where's my book? If you trust that friend, you fill in the gaps of what you don't know with something happened. It's okay, I understand, life happens. If you don't trust that friend, you fill in the gaps with, I bet they tore out each individual page of my book and fed it into a shredder one by one. (laughs) Excessive, but okay. (laughs) But that's what we do. We trust the lens that we see people through in trust or a lack of trust fills a gap with security or suspicion. That's the way that that humanity works. This is Matt. Everybody say hi, Matt. You're probably wondering what Matt is doing. So, I've always wanted to do this. (laughs) It does not matter what I say this morning to you if trust is not in your heart towards the father, it doesn't matter. Because if you're looking to poke holes in something, you're going to. And if you're looking to trust something, you're going to. It's just the way that it is. So what I'm going to do here, Matt, I'm going to have you come stand right here. These are drywall screws. I know, right? Okay. Matt, has no shoes. All right, go ahead and put the blindfold on. What's that? His feet are not drywall, you're right. (laughs) Matt has to trust (laughs) that I'm a man that has his good in mind. Matt has to decide whether I'm a guy that wants his safety in mind Or wants a good laugh, if you find such things funny. Matt has to decide whether or not I'm a malicious person or one that really wants this object lesson to go well. (laughs) So, blindfold on, I am going to lead Matt through the promised land and he's going to have to trust me to do so okay so I, i'm going to put this down i'm also going to put this down because we want matt to be safe right we think <laughs> They're not nailed. we're going to do a little leap of faith here So I'm going to lay these down. You don't know where they are. And I need you, I'm I'm just going to have you jump. Okay, just like jump over these nails. Okay, or screws. All right, we ready? No. Take a big... I mean, like it's gonna—it's a bunch of screws down here. So take a big jump. Ready? Go. All right, let's give Matt a hand here. (laughs) Do you see what I did there? If you don't believe that God has your good in mind. Why are you doing this? Why are you here? Do you think that he's going to purposefully put things in your way so that you step on them and harm comes to you? Do we or do we not trust that God has our good in mind? With every step that we take, did we not just sing that? So the question that we have today is, what is the Bible? Right? That's like not a small question. (laughs) But the most important question within that is, do you trust the author of the Bible? Do you trust the one when there's something in that book that you disagree with or find archaic, or find whatever, do you trust the one that wrote it, that said it? So I'm going to answer this. You got something to write with, you got whatever, take a picture, I don't care. The Bible is the learned and acted upon God-inspired collection that shows who God is and what God wants. God is the main character of the Bible, not you. God is in the first page. God is in the last page. This book, while it does have our relationship, humanity's relationship with the Father, it's not about us. With every thou shalt and thou shalt not that's found in those pages reveals the heart of the Father. It reveals who God is and who God is not. How many of you are parents in this room? Okay. How many of you have little siblings that maybe you helped raise in some way? You know, parents, it's hard to raise good parents these days, right? (laughs) If you say don't touch that stove, is that you wanting to deprive that child of all fun? No. It's you wanting to protect them. What does that say about your heart? What does it say about that relationship with that child? It shows that you care. So when God says, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this, do you see that as a set of rules and expectations that ruins my fun? Or do you see it as the heart of a father saying, you don't know how this is going to impact you. I see how this is going to impact you. So when I say don't do that, It communicates the heart of a father towards his children of protection. But if you don't trust, you're not gonna see it that way. You're not gonna see it that way. So the Bible, it's this, it's, man, what a blessing that we have that we get a book that we don't have to go, God, what would you like? What? (laughs) We get to open that book and we get to see how God feels about certain circumstances. We get to open that book and we get to see what God wants and what God doesn't want, who God is and who God is not. What a precious gift, precious gift. So when we say this question, okay, what what is the Bible? And we say, oh, it's God's word. What does that mean? It's the word of God. Oh, I get it. So you just took those words, reversed them, and expected me to go, got it. Do we know how to answer that question? What is God's word? And so today... I want to get into those two words, learned and acted upon, so learned the Bible is really broken up into three genres. okay, you good if I get into teaching here okay i I asked that, but I'm gonna do it regardless, so I just whatever. <laughs> so the bot can everybody see that sorta of. all right, so the Bible's oh yeah, that's way bigger up there. Uh, the Bible's broken up into really three different literary styles. So narrative, that's stories, okay? Who likes a good story, you know? Adventure, action, craziness. Old girl that drove a tent peg through my man's head. Happened in the Bible. Crazy. 33% of it is poetry, okay? Thou'st lovest. You know, the apple up here, I don't know, poetry. 24% of it is discourse, laws, history, monarch, lineage, all of that stuff. So why, why is that important? It's important because God cares about you and your personality. And so he uses multiple genre styles So that you could know and connect with who God is and what God wants. See, I can't get into the Bible. What do you mean you can't get into the Bible? Have you read it? There's stories, there's action, there's adventure, there's betrayal. I I don't don't like that. There's poetry. Read Psalms. There's songs, there's worship, there's, I don't like, I like facts. There's 600 laws. There's monarch history. There's like, what are you talking about? You can't get into the Bible. What what are we talking about here? God has put together this incredible book filled with different genres and different literary styles so that you can see no matter what your personality is and what your preference is, who he is. And what he wants. That's how important this is. A book that spans thousands of years. And tons of different styles. Even within those styles. So that you could see who the father is. So that that could be accurately communicated in a way that you will understand. That's what the Bible is. And it... I understand this sentiment, okay? I just wanna love God. I get it, yeah. But how can you love what you don't know? I, I just wanna love God. Do you even know who God is? Do you know what God likes and what He doesn't like? Man, it'd be crazy if there was a book where that was found. See, you have to know someone in order to love them well. If, if your idea of love is giving people gifts, but the person you're trying to love, that's not love to them, then you're not speaking the same language. We read this and understand this to communicate how God receives love. See, it's very comfortable for you and I to show love in the ways that you and I are comfortable with. But the challenge isn't for you and I to show love that way. It's to figure out how the other person receives love and showing it that way. God has a love language. He has a way that he desires to be loved. If you love me, you'll obey me. God's love language is obedience. Do what I say and you love me. No, 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 God. What I would prefer is to come to a building on a Sunday morning and sit in a seat and then walk outside that building and live however I'd like. That's not love. That may be how you and I are comfortable showing love to God, but that's not showing love to God. You have to meditate day and night. You have to know the word. You have to know God. You have to know what he wants. And this is David here saying, I meditate on his laws. So like Exodus to Deuteronomy, which so many of us are terrified to get into, David day and night reads those things. Why? So that he can know the heart of his father. Because again, with every thou shalt and thou shalt not, he revealed the heart of who he is. And David wanted to know that heart. And so the parts of scripture that you and I are terrified to go into depths with, David sat there and thought about day and night because he wanted to know God. And to know God was to obey God. And how was I, how am I to love God if I don't know what He wants? But He's communicated that. And so David focused on that. Matthew 4, 1 to 11. I'm not going to read it because it's a lot. Man, that's a lot of screws. Sorry, Matt. Uh, <laughs> Jesus comes into the wilderness, He's being tempted. There's three different temptations, right? Devil takes Him. He says, toss yourself off this cliff. (laughs) Thanks, Ace. Okay, (laughs) But he quotes scripture. You have an enemy that knows what God wants and who God is. Do you know enough about who God is and what God wants to combat that? because this stuff like this stuff sounds good right like throw yourself off the cliff the angels are going to come and get you if you are this was a challenge to identity if you are the son of god this is going to happen show everybody he's hungry 40 days without eating some of us go 40 minutes and it's like <laughs> you know but he's hungry. Turn these bread into rocks. You're good. Jesus, as king, I'm going to give you all of this. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. And Jesus combats every mention of scripture that the enemy uses with the true form of scripture. He knows, do you? Because there's a lot of things out there that sound really good that are not really God. 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of hearers, social media. Be diligent to to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed Accurately handling the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. Know this stuff so that you can help bring peace to people. Psalm 119, 9 and 10. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. You will always do what you do unless you know otherwise. Unless you know the word. You do not know what God wants and what God doesn't want. Now, I understand that there is like a feeling of maybe begrudgingness or obligation, right? My... My background is one that's pretty legalistic, and so it was pounded into us to read the Bible every day. Pounded, pounded, pounded. But we don't do this begrudgingly or out of obligation. And I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a simple question. Like, do you like being a Christian? Like, does it bring you joy? Joy. Do you enjoy reading the Bible? Because more than systematically pounding that into me, what I wish is that somebody would have taught me the enjoyment of learning about who my father is. The enjoyment of learning about the one that you and I claim to serve and love. I wish that somebody would have pounded that into me I don't know if that's the right, word, but you get it, you know? <laughs> Psalm 119, further down into that. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told you all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. As much as in all riches I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways, I shall delight in in your statutes, I shall not forget your word. Your walk with Christ should bring joy. Your getting to know the Father should be one that delights you. You should enjoy God. This should not be an obligation. This should be enjoyment. Sitting in the word should not be an obligation. It should be enjoyment of getting to know who our Father is. And I find that we, we have these detriments, right? So time, intelligence, confidence. God, I don't have the time to get in the word. No, you don't make the time to get in the word. Come on. Let's pray. Uh, you know, like, come on. That's what it is, right? Like we make time to watch what we want to watch and we make time to do what we wanna do and stop where we wanna stop, there's amazing tools to get, there's apps, there's audio Bibles, there's amazing ways for you to just take in the word. We don't make the time, you have the time, but we don't make it. Intelligence, uh, I just, uh, I don't know that I can grasp all that's in the word. Yes, you can. Yes, you absolutely can. Listen, I, I'm, I'm going to say something here. It, nobody expects you to be a Bible scholar. I'm no Bible scholar. I don't. I, I don't. That, nobody's expecting that. You're the only one that's saying that as an excuse to not get into it. Nobody's expecting you to be a theologian but people are expecting you to know what the heck you're talking about. And and that's not complicated. Read the word, get to know his heart, do a little digging, talk to people that know more than you. Did I say that too fast for anybody writing that? (laughs) Because even I was like, dang, that came out quick. (laughs) And then confidence. I want, like... Okay, I'm not like a look in the mirror and like, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, and gosh darn it, people like you. Like, I'm not that, I'm not that kind of guy, I don't need that, okay. But I'm going to have us repeat what I'm going to put on this back here, okay, you ready? You are capable of learning and understanding the Bible. But I'm going to try say, I am, okay. So ready? One, two, three. I am capable of learning and understanding the Bible. Do it again. I am capable of learning and understanding the Bible. I know one of you didn't say it. (laughs) Live stream, type it. I don't care. I am capable of learning and understanding the Bible. You are. You are capable. Why would God hide himself from you? You are capable of learning and understanding what God is trying to communicate in himself to you. And you have the Holy Spirit, which makes you even more capable because the Spirit, the spirit knows, those, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, the, the spirit knows the mind of God. The spirit knows the heart of God. And so the spirit that you have inside of you understands who the father is and reveals that to you. You are capable of understanding the Bible. Acted upon. So the, you have to know someone in order to love them well, and loving well requires action. See, that it's this balance between knowledge and action, right? And there are people who, who stand on the flag of knowledge when it comes to God. Like, I, I know this thing, and I know... And, and we do these, like, big words, like hermeneutics. You hear hermeneutics, and you're like, what? Do you know what hermeneutics is? interpretation. That's all it is. The different languages of the Bible. That's it. Theology. <sighs> start crying in a corner. You know what theology is? Knowing God. That's it. That's it. And people use these big words or intimidating words, but all big words have littler words that define them. that you and I can understand. And so we look at these big things that people think, oh, they got so much knowledge. You can have that same knowledge. Just look at the little words. And then, man, I just want to love God. But they don't know any of that stuff. So it's not possible for you to love what you don't know. But if you know and don't do, hmm Did that make sense, what I just did right there? All right, good. I just want to make sure. 2 <laughs> Timothy 3, 12 to 16. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Sorry. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. You learn, and then you do what you've learned. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, for training in righteousness. I'm going to rant a little here, okay? I see these posts and people that talk about not wanting to be surrounded by negativity. And we need to be careful with that. And I'm going to tell you why. There's a difference between negativity and constructive criticism. And there are people who don't want to be around either one because they don't want to be told what's right and wrong. They want to be the author of that. But when you have community, community that can speak into that for me, that's a powerful thing that can tell me I'm wrong and lead me towards where the father wants me to go. You need that. I need that. All scripture is God-breathed for what? For you and I to be able to act, to do, to show a world outside the four walls of this building who Christ is. Not for us to sit in here like some Christian country club, but for us to go outside and do and be so that a world that needs to see Jesus will see him. James 1, 22 to 24. But prove yourselves doers, everybody say doers, of the word. And not merely hearers who delude themselves. For anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He's like a man who will look at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. So what this is saying is, if you're a hearer, you, you, it, it, there's the reflection and then you walk away, and if that reflection isn't confirmed by an action, you're going to forget. You see what the word is. But if the word, the word is not complete, if it's not also done. So your faith, and I know this is kind of a weird analogy, but whatever, we're going for it. Your faith is kind of like a virus. It gets inside of you. And it has an innate desire to reproduce. But what's the thing that so many believers are terrified of doing? Sharing the gospel. And so what was meant to reproduce, we push down. And then it becomes used for something it was not intended to be used for. And instead, we should let it reproduce because that's naturally what it desires to do you are not meant to simply be a hearer. It's not bad to be a hearer. You should be a hearer. I should be a hearer. But the action's made complete by also being a doer. James two fifteen to 20, if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, I'll pray for you. <laughs> And yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. But someone may well say to, to, wow, someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by, not my works, not in place of, by. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? I'm going to go back here because people quote that like demon thing all the time. And they say, well, the, the demons believe. But they don't quote it in the context of this entire passage. What this is saying is you are akin to a demon if you do not do with what, based on what you know. It's the same thing. You you believe, great. <laughs> so do they. The difference is, do you obey? The difference is, do you love? That's the difference. Stand to your feet. Our involvement with the Bible is incomplete without us acting upon it. We introduce people to who God is and what God wants when we do what it says. When you and I obey, we put people face to face with who God is. When all I want is to, and I don't. And that's what God wants. We put people face to face with who God is. When all I want is to respond, and I respond in a different way, in a godly way, we put people face to face with who God is. When I act out of integrity, when everything says that I can cheat or lie, We put people face to face with who God is. When I'm able to look past political party or race or sexuality and present the gospel to people and love them, we put people face to face with who God is. That's what obedience does. We learn, we know. Who God is and what God wants, which is a constant lifelong process, and then we act that out to our brothers and sisters in Christ and to those that don't know Him, and we put God face to face with everybody who needs Him. The Bible is the learned and acted upon God inspired collection that shows us who God is. And what God wants. And I, you know, I I hope we walk away from this and we go, man, I have this renewed commitment to read the word. But you know, more than anything else, I want you to walk away from this, having this renewed enjoyment to get to know your father. To walk away from this wanting to know this God that you and I serve, to walk away from this loving Him, and in that, and in that loving of Him, being inspired to love the people around you really well. I don't know where you are with that, but I hope that that's the case, Father. Thank you for these people. Thank you for your word that it never returns void. Um, You know, some of this is hard stuff and there's hard stuff that's found in your word. There's things that seem uh, dated. There's things that seem, you know, whatever. And I I pray that we would never be afraid of reexamining and and coming to, you know, new conclusions if there are one or or sitting back on old ones, Lord. But God, I just... uh, I just pray that we get to know you better. I pray that the heart of your people would be your heart that has been echoed throughout the thousands of years of the pages of this book, that you would be our God and we would be your people. And I pray that whether it's at mega afterwards or at home with our families or (laughs) building playground equipment, you know, that, uh, that that would be the case so bless these people Um, let your spirit just be in them and cry out to you and let you respond so it's in your name we ask amen have a good morning everyone thank you